0: And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com where we bring you news you can't find anywhere else from Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties. I'm Michael Graham with Inside Sources. Our very own Linda Stein is with us on the podcast as well. Greetings, Linda. Greetings, Michael. And uh, thank you for the piece you wrote for De La Valley Journal about your personal feelings at the passing of uh, Mister Margarita Margaritaville Jimmy Buffett. It was a very nice piece. And we got a lot of good responses reactions to it.
1: Oh well, you're welcome.
0: I didn't realize. I I couldn't figure out your writing. Now that I know you spend most of your day you know days pounding down margaritas, it makes complete sense. <laughs> Well, actually, I prefer pina coladas, but I don't like the music. (laughs) Not that song. Please, please, please. Just don't do that song at all. Uh, So in just a few minutes, uh, we had a conversation with the head of Moms for Liberty, Tiffany Justice, and she talks about the status of the organization, which, as you know, has become under incredible attack uh, from from uh, people on the far left and also the incredible role that uh, parental rights is playing in politics, both at the presidential level and in the Delaware Valley. So you're going to hear that conversation with us in just a few minutes. But the red hot news in the Delaware Valley is yet another escape from Chester County prison. And we're lucky enough to have Guy Shiraki, uh, well-known. Uh, what is your official position now? A notorious smart guy? Is that, is that it, yeah. Guy? Uh,
1: that's not what they call me at home. <laughs> um, uh, sometimes it's coach guy, but uh, what I'm doing, uh, I'm serving as a fellow for the Commonwealth Foundation and writing uh, and trying to add value on a number of conservative issues uh, around school choice. Uh, natural energy, uh, natural gas, let's say, mm-hmm. sort of anything that is opportunity and common sense focused. Excellent. Well, I just got to I'm going to start with
0: the big dumb question. What the heck is going on at Chester County Prison? Two escapes? What the heck?
1: Yeah, and, and uh, it's two too many. But this one is uh, in a special category because what we know is we're into uh, day five. Uh, is that someone who has been convicted of murder, who uh, we now know is uh, awaiting uh, arraignment back in Brazil, where he's from, on murder charges, entered the United States using fake identification, uh, was allowed to escape from Chester County prison. And uh, to me, that was compounded by uh, not really alerting the public I mean, even even members of my I was away this weekend, but even members of my extended family remarked that the news coverage or that the information coming out on social media was slow, that the initial uh, releases out of Chester County government uh, didn't have the man's picture, uh, that you had to click two or three links to get to a picture. The information was forthcoming. So we now have uh, a worst of all our fears, and that is an escaped convicted murderer is out and running around southern Chester County. It is impacting people's quality of life. Folks are afraid. Schools have closed. The world-famous Longwood Gardens has closed. And right. recent updates, now that uh, they thought he was in a perimeter in between 926 and 52, sort of greater Longwood Gardens, uh, the reports are now based on cameras that he is outside of that perimeter and they're not sure where he is. So this has gone from bad to worse. So, Guy, um, when the, the person who escaped in May evidently jumped from one roof to another roof, I'm reading, why didn't they fix that, for goodness sake? Well, you're asking one of those common sense questions that goes above and beyond law enforcement and politics. It's a common sense question. If it happened once, why wasn't it fixed? Uh, and that's a question somebody better answer. And, and our sheriff ought to answer that. Our commissioners ought to answer it. Our district attorney ought to answer it. Um, but our sheriff and our district attorney are busy running for county judge, hoping people will vote for them because of their party label. Um, look, it's, Linda, you ask a common sense question, and we deserve an answer to it. Uh, we deserve an answer as why, uh, as, as I've explained to other folks, um, you know, as my background as a prosecutor, county prisons serve two purposes. They are where people are sentenced to serve their sentence, if it's for five years or less. These are ty- typically car thieves, con artists, welfare fraud, um, not, not usually physically harmful, violent. Violent people go there as a holding cell, till they're being sent to a more secure prison. So this individual could not, should not be easy Uh, easily able to slip into the general population at the prison should not, they shouldn't lose track of him. I mean, this is somebody that comes on with bells and whistles uh, with sirens saying, this guy doesn't belong here. We have one, we have one job. Hold this man until he's put into a maximum security prison. And they failed in that basic duty. Uh, This is this is a horrific uh, failure of leadership. And then it was compounded by not really getting the public engaged so that we could be vigilant, not only to help capture him, but to protect uh, loved ones in our businesses.
0: Could you just walk through what we know about how he escaped? And You mentioned the jumping from the roof, but do we have a bigger picture, any more details that we can know from this kind of story of his escape?
1: Yeah. So I don't have firsthand reporting. What is being reported in a few media sources is that unnamed sources at the prison say that he used the same thing that Linda referred to, which was somehow managing to get to the roof of where he was being held. And therefore, like something you'd see in the movies, he was able to jump from one roof to the next roof and eventually escape the perimeter of the prison, which is something you'd see in a movie. Uh, that shouldn't really happen because there should be security and cameras, but certainly shouldn't happen when it happened in May. And again, Michael, just to, to beat this into the ground so that everyone right. listening understands, this guy is not simply you know prisoner two, three, four, five right. This was a convicted murderer who is also standing on murder charges in Brazil. He, he should be the, he should be the one person that everybody is paying attention to. And he is the one that they should have been building security around. Uh, and to let him go uh, is a gross failure in duty. And to let him go this many days and not engage the public is, is far worse. So that's what appears to have happened. Uh, will I, I assume and hope that we in the, the media, that the public and other elected officials will hold them accountable and we'll get a full accounting after the fact. But job one right now is to find this man and get him back under lock and key into a maximum security facility so that he never can terrorize anyone ever again. Well, as a former prosecutor, why is he even here? Why didn't he get um, sent back to Brazil instead of just being tried here and then uh, imprisoned? Well, um, the short answer is I'm not sure what I would tell you that if I were involved, he would not be held in a county prison uh, while he has an international warrant for him. Uh, He should have been moved to a federal facility, and if not at a federal facility, a state facility. And if our county resources are spread so thin, then federal marshals should have been brought in. And that's what I would tell you, Linda, is in these situations, if you can't handle this, then you call in and ask for help. And I wanna make, you know, if I can, please make something clear. I'm not second guessing the men and women who work in these prisons. I'm not second guessing the law enforcement. Those individuals risk their lives. Every day they get up out of bed and go to a prison. What I'm suggesting is that the elected officials whose job it is to make sure that these facilities run right and to protect us did not do their job. The county officials should have notified state and federal officials and had either federal help here, state help here, or he should have been moved. He should have never spent The amount of time he spent, he should have spent hours at Chester County Prison, not days and weeks, hours he should have spent here as he was getting ready to be put in a facility that could properly care for him. And in my opinion, on his way back to Brazil, certainly not, certainly not in a county jail in Westchester. So what happens when they finally catch him? Well, they will add, they will add all the other charges that he has done, including escaping um, and, uh, he, he should be put in a state prison, if not to a federal prison. Uh, I believe, and I will scream bloody murder if he ever sees the inside of county prison again, this is somebody that should go to a federal prison, a serious maximum security federal prison where you have other folks convicted of murder or move to federal prison. I don't know what they intend to do, but I, the fact that the, uh, men and women of The Pennsylvania state police are now involved, leads me to believe that when they find him, they will bring him in uh, and take him to a state facility and then either house him somewhere in a state facility. Again, in my opinion, if I were king, he'd be on his way back to Brazil. Um, So we'll wait to see what's next. But I will tell you, under no circumstances should he ever, ever see the inside of a county prison and be allowed in a facility that's not built for maximum security.
0: And what should happen after he's uh, captured to the people who were responsible for making sure he didn't escape in the first place?
1: Well, again, if I were king, they certainly wouldn't be elected to judicial positions, which essentially give them life jobs in charge of law and justice. Um, And in terms of administrators, the county commissioners and the D.A. should find out what happened and to uh, if we'll call it the Linda rule, somebody. Somebody in county government working with the sheriff needs to make sure that effective immediately, no inmate can get to the roof, let alone get to the other. And whether you're gonna put in barbed wire, security camera, a guard on the roof, all the above, no inmate should be allowed to get to the roof and they sure should not be able to take a clean jump from building one to building two. So that's what should happen. The elected officials involved should be held accountable and sure as heck should not be elected to higher office. And the administrative officials, there should be a review, but it begins with the fact that somebody's, uh, the head should roll for this second person in three months getting to a roof and being able to skip along again. I'm saying like something you'd watch in a TV show or a movie. You watch it happen once. It should never happen twice. So they they keep telling me they can't say anything because it's under investigation, right? <laughs> Isn't that always the excuse? Yeah. And and, and yet yet we know we know that he's out, and yet we know that um, they're now saying he broke the perimeter, uh, and, and we now know that he's heading south, which, again, you don't have to be uh, a, a lifelong security expert. You don't have to be a law enforcement official to think right. that perhaps a Hispanic inmate will run to southern Chester County. Where, where there are preponderance of Hispanic uh, uh, Americans and, and the mushroom workers and, and lots of folks who have been here for decades and a hundred years. Uh, you know it, 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 He's going to a community where he hopes to blend in and buy time uh, until he makes his next move. I just hope and pray that in doing this, this is somebody who we know has murdered at least once, probably twice, perhaps right. more. Uh, he's, he's hungry. He's going to be hot, lonely, He's going to need clothes. He's going to need money for transportation. He's going to need to get out of here. That's why two school districts closed their schools. Longwood Garden closed. Portions of Westchester University campus closed. This is a serious, serious issue. Um, And. um,
2: Not to mention,
1: not to mention people's homes were burglarized. Right, because he's doing he's doing again. There are folks who are far more expert than me. Uh, but, but again, common sense would tell us he wants to change his appearance. He needs clothes. He needs food. He's looking for money. He's looking for a bicycle. He's looking for a car. He's looking for ways to change his appearance. He's looking to, you know, find food that he can carry with him. He, uh, he's looking, you know, for a path. And, 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 and again, I mean, folks are, you know, this is, this is a hardened criminal. He understands the sun rises right. in the East and the sets in the West. He knows where South is. He knows where he's going. and. Uh, this this is a problem, uh, and and I hope and pray that the law enforcement officials are now a step ahead of him and know. Look, there's a lot of technology now. We have ring cameras and ATM machines have cameras, and some of the uh, some highways have cameras. But right. uh, this is now an all hands on deck, because we can't have uh, innocent children locked out of school. We can't have families living in terror. We can't have businesses shut down. Uh, so job one is find him. And job two is hold people accountable and make sure that this never ever happens again. And the processes are put in place. This is why, this is why there are those of us that say sealing our border and knowing who's coming in and coming out matters. This is why people say that law enforcement matters. Criminal justice is not about defunding police and talking about all sorts of feel good issues. There are criminals out there who seek to do innocent people harm. As taxpayers, as citizens, we want to empower those people who've dedicated their lives in law enforcement to have the tools and the equipment to protect themselves and to protect us. Right. This isn't a game. This isn't a college course. This isn't a coffee house discussion. This is a murderer who should never be allowed around private citizens, and he has been. Job one is find him, and job two is make sure he gets put away, and then job three that this never ever happens again. Guys,
0: Rocky, thanks so much for joining us here on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast.
1: We appreciate your time. Thanks for the opportunity to share it, and hopefully we'll have a good news story very soon.
0: We are delighted to have at the Delaware Valley Journal podcast, Tiffany Justice, one of the co-founders of the Moms for Liberty organization. Tiffany,
2: welcome. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Michael.
0: Well, Tiffany, obviously the first question I have to ask is how long have you been running this hate group and how many children <laughs> do you think you've killed this week? Because I'm just oh reading the news coverage of Moms for Liberty. I, I assume everything I read, you know, in the New York Times and on the web is true.
2: Right. Uh, everything. The New York Times <laughs> prints is true. We'll just start with that. Right. Um, no. So I have kept successfully all of my own four children alive this week. Wow. And for the past 18 years. Yes. So, so that's going well for me personally. And, You know, we've got 120,000 members across the country, moms and dads, community members that are really concerned uh, about the educational failure that they're seeing in our public schools and also the overreach that we're seeing by the government. We have government schools. That's just the reality of the situation. And parents are saying, wait a second, you're having behind closed doors, private conversations with our children. No, absolutely not. And so, you know, we're pushing back. Uh, getting a lot of flack for pushing back, but that's how you know you're over the target and and just really trying to understand why parental rights are such a threat to so many people in America right now.
0: Well, there's been this ongoing debate nationwide. You see it in the newspapers all the time about parental rights and how far is too far and whether parents can be trusted. And one of the issues again and again was uh, the idea that parents are too dangerous to be allowed to know if their child goes to school and, say, uh, decides they're, uh, you know, going to change genders or they want to experiment with cross-dressing, that parents aren't allowed to know. And, you know, I saw a story where up in New Hampshire, the chairman of the state Democratic Party said that if parents are allowed to know what their kids are doing at school, and these are his direct words, they will beat their kids to death.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the idea that we're going to make laws for uh, parents or people who are breaking the law it's just ridiculous. The idea that we wouldn't know and understand that the majority of parents are um, healthy and safe and, and sane and and putting their children first. And, you know, family is the foundation of America. Um, and so we are going to reject all of that nonsense about any idea that we wouldn't love and accept our children unconditionally. This is 2023. Um, and, and we have a, a very diverse membership of Moms for Liberty. Mm-hmm. We have gay chapter chairs. We have gay members. We have members members. members with gay children, and so this idea that somehow any uh, member of Moms for Liberty, or really parents in general across the mm. United States, are rejecting their children because of sexual orientation. It um, is is crazy. Uh, but here's the thing, Michael. My children do not need a sexual spirit guide at school. At no point does any adult need to have any conversation with my child about their sexual orientation or any type mm. of mental distress they're dealing with. And if they are having a conversation about mental distress, I expect, as a parent, as I think the majority of Americans mm. expect that we, we brought in on that conversation to help them. No one is going to advocate for and love their child like a parent is.
0: So my background is political flackery. I I used to run campaigns and I did talk radio, so I'm all about the political conversation. And I've seen a lot of weird things in my life, I've never seen a political party seize upon the idea of attacking a, such a large group of voters as parents. I don't get how this is a political win. Is being anti Parents and their rights over their kids, a winning political strategy.
2: I guess we're going to find out, aren't we? I mean, I continue to <laughs> I continue to to wait to see who uh, who, as a Democrat, a prominent de- Democrat in the United States, is going to step up and speak out. You've seen right. some Democrats in other places, Georgia, North Carolina, uh, switching parties. Mm. Uh, there was a, a woman in Georgia, a representative, who said, "You know, I really believe in school choice, and I do not understand why the Democrat Party is not uh, supporting school choice and giving parents the option to be able to choose the best right. education for their child in." North Carolina, we recently had uh, 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 the the legislature overrode three uh, vetoes by the governor. One was a parent's bill of rights, and that was also helped by a Democrat who actually switched parties. But the thing is this, people shouldn't have to switch parties in order to support parental rights. And I think it's only a matter of time before Democrats start realizing and waking up that they're going to lose votes and support if they don't support parents. And so, you know, I I guess we'll see in 2024 uh, where the chips fall.
0: So you're you're very good at communicating the ideas, the 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 principles, you know, the things that you want to see legislatively uh, protecting parents' rights, et cetera. But I just want to ask you, as a person, I, it's it it's got to be disturbing to have people look at you and say you want to get kids killed. I think, for example, about the debate over police, and you can argue about what the right level of policing is and should there be more or less restrictions and you know, qualified immunity and, and you and I, and people like us, you know, we have political debates all the time, but to conclude it with, well, if you disagree with me on police, you want people murdered, you want citizens gunned down and then well, you would sound like an idiot. And yet that is precisely I, this week in the national debate over parents, parents' rights, there were national figures saying parents are just too dangerous if they out their kids <laughs> at the school, the parents will kill them. How does it make you feel as a person that people think you're ever you're on the side of getting kids hurt and killed?
2: As a as a woman? And a mom uh, of a daughter, what I'm seeing happen regarding gender ideology and the social contagion of gender dysphoria is is really one of the most dangerous and disturbing things I've ever seen in my entire life. We have uh, girls uh, that don't want to grow up to be women, uh, that are cutting off healthy body parts and making decisions that will affect their ability to have children and to live a a long, healthy life. And they're doing this in service of um, an ideology uh, and a hope that somehow by trying to change their biological sex, which we all know is an impossibility, um, that they'll somehow find happiness. And schools are supporting this. So, you know, people can say a lot of different things about me and they do, um, but we're going to stand in the truth of the fact that there are men and there are women and that children cannot consent to puberty blockers. They should not be making long-term decisions uh, about uh, their ability to have children and other things. And so, you know, that's the dangerous thing, I think, that I'm seeing happening. And and the idea that parents getting involved and, and being involved in their children's lives is dangerous. It's just absurdity. Um, so I think we just live in this weird time where up is down and left is right. And uh, moms and dads across the country are really just rallying around common sense. And And I think we're a threat, Michael, because of the fact that we're bringing people together across party lines, across religious lines, across racial lines. Um, this is a movement, this parental rights movement, uh, that uh, really really does take the power away from the establishment and puts it back into the hands of the people. Uh, So I say, uh, we the parents 2024, uh, we are going to stand up for our rights.
0: There's a story in the suburbs of Philadelphia where uh, uh, Republicans won school board races thanks in part to Moms for Liberty help. And they put in a policy that says, look, if if there's a book in the school library you're concerned about, it will go through a review process. And if it's not age appropriate, we can remove it. And so you know, you know the books that are on the short list: uh, gender queer, and this book is gay, whatever. Which, but just for people who don't know, they have uh, uh, images of actual sexual sex acts. <laughs> I mean, graphic portrayals. So, a uh, group that supports this effort sent out a mailer, and on the outside of the envelope it says, "Warning: You know, graphic material inside," and everything inside was actually from a book in a public school library. And the people who are angry are the people who want the books in the library. You say, stop sending this to parents. We don't want... This is outrageous that you would send what we are trying to get into your middle school library that you're mailing it to us. This is offensive. And so I just, I mean, how do you... (laughs) <laughs> how do you win a fight? Or, or I should say in your case, how do you lose a fight like that?
2: I think it's the height of hypocrisy. Here's what gives me hope. Uh, right now in Canada, three provinces are, are currently talking about putting policies in place that uh, a parent would be notified uh, if their child wishes to change their uh, their pronouns or their name at school. That's Canada, where unanimously all the members of parliament voted uh, just a few years ago to consider it, it conversion therapy if parents didn't affirm uh, their wish for their child to charge to change their their gender. So um, that's giving me hope. What I think is going to happen is we are at the height of hypocrisy here and the tide is going to turn really, really quickly. Once more Americans become aware of these books and they see them, that's why they're so mad, by the way. They don't want people to actually see the content because if they can keep it fuzzy, then they can continue to lie about it. But once Americans see it, Once the average person (laughs) opens up that mail and says, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that's what the books were that were in the library. I didn't realize that's what my tax dollars were going to. You know, the tide's going to turn fast. And so that's my prediction. And um, I think we're on the right side of this issue. I know we are. And um, their hypocrisy only continues to show me. The uh,
0: last question is with a presidential election coming up there. You know, obviously, the candidates are talking about uh, this issue. Uh, Nikki Haley referenced it on stage during the debate. There are a lot of candidates. Uh, Senator Tim Scott just released a statement on the kind of his plans on this. What would you want a president of the United States to do about this? Or is this really the ultimate local school district, state level district uh, issue?
2: One of the things that I think American parents did during COVID was really try to understand where does the authority lie for decision making for any issue that we're dealing with. So is this a a school board issue? Is this a state level issue? Is this a federal issue? What we know is that the federal government is pushing this gender stuff down our throats every single day. And so that needs to stop, right? We're we're expecting Title IX regulations to to be rolled out in October. I think that's going to really put school districts in a position where they're going to have to decide whether or not they're going to continue to take federal funding. But ultimately, education is a state level issue. And so what I think is, is is that the next president of the United States needs to lead about what we want to see coming out of our schools, which is, you know, unfolding the full potential of every child, ensuring that every child learns to read, but then also recognizing that the federal government needs to get out of these issues in many different places and the American public are ready to support that. So I've been really impressed with the presidential candidates. I think Nikki Haley has taken such an amazingly strong stand for parents. She's a mom. She totally understands what parents are dealing with. and she trusts the American people to raise their children. And we appreciate that.
0: And thank you so much, Tiffany Justice, for your time, co-founder of Moms for Liberty. We really appreciate it here on the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Michael.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.